0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: It's time for Serralo Sports Talk with Joe Serralo. All right, let's get this party started. It's time for an hour of Sorallo Sports Talk with me, Joe Seralo. You're locked into the Believe Hour right here right now on SportsMap Radio. I can't wait. My man Casey Stern is joining the show shortly, host of Unfiltered with Casey Stern right here on the Believe Network. Also, a fellow Long Islander like myself, got that North Shore-South Shore battle going on between us. But both diehard Mets fans You guessed it, it's the Juan Soto Show. Casey will be joining me, talking all things Juan Soto, whether or not he gets dealt by that August 2nd deadline, the top suitors for him, and more. Folks, we've got to discuss it. Juan Soto, the 23-year-old phenom, is on the market. I mean, this just doesn't happen in professional sports, especially Major League Baseball, where club control is so unfriendly to young players, especially young superstars who are making you know, 800000 900000 a million dollars a year, even if they're turning in all-star numbers for the first four or five years of their careers, Juan Soto is on the market. It just says so much about where the Washington Nationals are at as an organization. And, you know, for a team that in 2019 was that recently crowned world champions, they have just watched everything crumble around them. I mean, Steven Strasburg got a monster deal right after that World Series. He hasn't pitched. Patrick Corbin has a monster contract, and now the Nationals are looking to package him with Soto just to unload that money. It really has gone from an organization with young talent and great pitching. Max Scherzer, of course, was in that trio with Strasburg and Corbin. He was headlining that trio to an organization that has, in my opinion, completely lost the respect of other teams across the league, of their own fan base and other fan bases across the league. Just really, really low rate, low budget stuff coming out of Washington to the point where the 23-year-old phenom Soto himself just turned down a 15-year, $440 million contract. Now, When you look at Soto turning down that contract, right? There's so much to unpack here. And this is, like I said, it's the Juan Soto show. Get ready for an hour of Juan Soto talk. When you look at that contract, it's, yes, the most lucrative contract in MLB history. I believe Mike Trout at 420 million currently holds the top spot. But when you look at how many years it's for, 440 mil over 15 years, when you boil that down to AAV, your average annual value, that would only be the 20th biggest deal. It's, I believe, 29.3 mil per year. That would just be the 20th largest contract in terms of AAV in MLB history. Max Scherzer, of course, set the record with his three-year deal with the Mets, paying out $43.3 million a year that he just signed this past offseason. So it's not like Soto's crazy for turning that deal down, but. It's not just all about the money. And this is the biggest thing. You know, the Nationals right now are going to try to twist this any way they can. I mean, ownership is looking to sell the team, right? Ownership's a disaster. The front office is a disaster. The Washington Nationals are a disaster. And they're going to try to spin this and make Juan Soto the villain here. Look at how greedy this young 23-year-old who we signed, you know, out of the Dominican Republic at 16 years old. Look at how greedy he's gotten. No. No. It's not about the dollars and cents. Juan Soto knows that the owners are looking to sell. In fact, he has said that's a big part in why he doesn't want to commit to 15 years in Washington. He doesn't know who the owner is going to be in two years. And he wants to win. And what have the Nationals done? They've crumbled around him. They've got no one around him. The only other hitter in that lineup who's worth a damn is Josh Bell. And he's one of the top trade candidates because he's in a walk year. And any team who's looking for a first baseman or a DH who's in a pennant race should absolutely have Josh Bell at the very top of their list. In fact, in fact, and we'll we'll dive deeper into Soto trade scenarios, especially surrounding my Mets. Obviously, I'm going to be talking to Casey Stern a lot about Soto to the Mets specifically. I'll give my opinion on Soto to the Mets specifically because the Mets are the frontrunners here, right? They just had MLB.com rated them the number one draft a week ago, Steve Cohen has more money than God. He's the richest owner in sports. So the Mets, understandably so, are the front runners. Oh, by the way, Juan Soto has come out and said he'd love to play for the Mets. Juan Soto, did you hear him at the All-Star game? Did you hear him on the red carpet? When he said, yeah, man, I mean, look at my numbers at City Field, they're pretty amazing. Yeah, he's a 350 career hitter at City Field. He's extremely tight. I don't know, I heard he was cousins. I don't want to, if it's not 100% true, Spread that, but I've heard he's either cousins or he's best friends with Starling Marte, regardless of what the exact relationship is. You saw Marte celebrating Soto at the Home Run Derby. Doesn't matter if they're cousins, friends, whatever the deal is, you see how extremely tight they are. Juan Soto to the Mets makes perfect sense, but does it make sense to happen right here, right now at the deadline? That's the question. And personally, me, as a Mets fan, but also... As a pundit, as someone who's been around this league and this game for years, I personally think the guy that I just mentioned, Josh Bell, should be more of a target in the next 12 days for the Mets than Juan Soto. Because I just mentioned that Josh Bell is a rental. He's got on a one-year $10 million contract with the Nationals. They're looking to unload that. It will not cost anything at all. To get josh bell and what do the mets need well they need a dh obviously you've got alonzo at first the two can be interchangeable between who plays first and who mans the dh position but the mets have struggled mightily against left-handed pitching however they're insistent on wanting a platoon at dh a righty lefty platoon they've looked at dan vogel back. they've been doing jd davis and dom smith all year well what's josh bell he's a switch hitter and what does josh bell do he rakes against both types of pitchers he's batting over 290 against each righties and lefties. So if you get Bell, you're getting a switch hitter who has no real decline. He's a guy who's hitting over 300 this year, a guy who's got over 50 RBI throughout the first 90-something games of the season. You're getting no decline no matter which side of the plate he is to bat from. To me, right now, with the trade deadline looming, Josh Bell and Jacob deGrom, are the two biggest acquisitions for the Mets. Now, obviously, bullpen as well. I'm all in on David Robertson from Chicago. But if the Mets are going to win a World Series this year, Juan Soto might be able to guarantee it, to lock it in. But he's not a necessity for the Mets to do so. A guy like Josh Bell is a necessity, right? The Mets need a DH. Now, Soto would be incredible to get. I'm not complaining if he's the guy they come back with. But when you compare what you'd have to give up for him now versus what you'd have to give up for him potentially in the winter, there's a huge difference. And what the Washington Nationals ownership and front office, in my opinion, are going to try to do if the Mets come calling between now and August 2nd is fleece Steve Cohen and the Mets. And Steve Cohen did not become one of the richest people on the planet by getting fleeced, by allowing himself to be taken advantage of, right? That's just simply not going to happen. So when I hear reports that the Washington Nationals in a deal with the Mets have three requirements, three demands, if you will, and that is the top four prospects in the Mets farm system, that is two young major league ready players, and that is, in addition to that, taking on the obscene contract of Patrick Corbin, I don't think Steve Cohen's going to go for that right now in the next 12 days, nor do I think Steve Cohen should go for that. And... Here's where I stand with Soto, right? Right now, you're getting two and a half years of club control. And then he's due to hit free agency after the 2025 season, or rather into the 2025 season. Soto might get dealt elsewhere if it's done in 12 days. And I really do believe if a deal's done in 12 days, he should and would be dealt elsewhere. But because it's two and a half years of club control, it might not be a guarantee if he is dealt to a San Diego, a St. Louis, that he signs that long-term extension. Those teams might be happy with the two and a half year window. So I think that the Mets can, if they don't trade for him in the next 12 days, either get him in two and a half years as a free agent, because the Mets and Dodgers have such an advantage over every other team in the MLB when it comes to free agents, even over the Yankees, or, or, if Soto is still on the Nationals come August 3rd, I think the Mets in December would be the front runners to land him. I'll get into what I mean by that, those trade possibilities and more in the next segment. Stick with me Joe Sirallo, you're locked into Sirallo Sports Talk as part of the Believe Hour right here right now on Sports Map Radio. Back here on Sorallo Sports Talk with me, Joe Sorallo. You're locked into the Believe Hour right here, right now on SportsMap Radio. My man Casey Stern is on the line and all ready to join the show. The host, of course, of Unfiltered with Casey Stern right here on the Believe Network alongside my show. Catch him on Twitter at Casey Stern for some of the hottest, but frankly, some of the best takes out there, especially, especially when it comes to the MLB and the NBA. I can't wait to have Casey on. Make sure you catch me on Twitter at TheJoeSorallo. Catch me on Instagram at Joe JoeSorallo as well. You can catch my best bets there. Of course, today it's Thursday, July 21st. Baseball is back in action after that brief hiatus. That is the MLB All-Star break. I've got baseball bets. I've been making money all baseball season. If you want to join in on the party, join in on the fun, Catch me at Joe Sorallo on Instagram, at TheJoeSorallo on Twitter. That's where I give my picks. Back at it this weekend with a full slate of games resuming tomorrow. But the big news of the day, Juan Soto. Of course, the 23-year-old phenom with the Washington Nationals. Now, you heard me minutes ago say that I don't think if he's dealt in the next 11-12 days between now and August 2nd that he's going to be a Met. But what we do know is that Juan Soto wants to be a Met. Earlier today, it was released that his agent, Scott Boris, has publicly said the Mets are the preferred destination for Juan Soto. And, you know, to me, it's just comical to hear. Because if you're outside of New York, maybe you don't know how much over the years Scott Boris has hated dealing with the Mets. And Mets fans have in return hated Scott Boris. But the Ponds are gone. It's Steve Cohen's team. And Scott knows... That the Mets and Dodgers, even like I said a few moments ago, more so than the Yankees, have the best capability to pay the best players in baseball. So Juan Soto wants to be a Met. He's so tight, so close with Starling Marte. He said it at the All-Star Red Carpet event. His numbers at Citi Field are amazing. They're astronomical. And all I can think of as a Mets fan is a lineup that 1-6 to six goes Brandon Nimmo, Starling Marte, Juan Soto, Pete Alonso cleanup, Lindor in the 5-hole with his 60-something RBI, McNeil hitting 6th, competing for a batting title, and then some combination of Marcana, Escobar, and the catcher position, 7-8-9. I mean, that is a World Series lineup. Now, I don't think it's a lineup we're going to see this year because, as I mentioned, the Nationals' ownership, the Nationals' front office has come out and said that there are three demands— for the Mets, would be top four prospects, would be two major league-ready young players, and the Mets would have to take on Patrick Corbin's contract. Now, Corbin's contract, don't think twice about that. That's no issue. We've got Steve Cohen money we're talking about here. But when you look at the prospect load, now, look, I know a lot of people covet and value prospects. A lot of people spend more time paying attention to prospects than the actual big league product itself When you look at the prospect load, the reason I say that the Mets would not strike a deal with the Nationals before the deadline, however, they would maybe do it in December, is because the Mets just had, per MLB pipeline, the best draft of all 30 teams in Major League Baseball. However, none of the guys that the Mets drafted, should they sign, assuming they all do, none of them can be traded until December 15th. So when you have a team, that already, I mean, you know, the Mets farm system now compared to where it was three, four, five years ago, it's made astronomical leaps and bounds. It's considered middle of the road, but there was a time not too long ago the Mets were bottom three farm system, maybe even the worst one in baseball. Now they're about 15th, 16th per the rankings. Well, after these guys sign, when December rolls around, the Mets are going to have a consensus top 10, maybe even top seven or eight farm system. So all of a sudden the Nationals, who want four prospects, Maybe, come December 15th, those four prospects aren't necessarily Alvarez, the catching phenom who had, what, 26 home runs in Double A in the first half of the season, just got called up to AAA. Brett Beatty, who everyone knows, is after Eduardo Escobar's two-year contract, supposed to be the Mets' third baseman of the future, the first glimpse of continuity the Mets have had at that position since David Wright, of course, before his injuries. And then, after Beatty, you've got... You know, Mauricio, you've got Alexi Ramirez, the outfielder, and you've got a mix and match. Mark Vientos, the corner infielder slash DH, who's been raking in AAA, just played in the Futures game, uh, as well as his now AAA teammate, Francisco Alvarez, right? So those are five great prospects the Mets have. But after those guys, there's a considerable decline. Come December 15th, all of a sudden, the Mets have maybe the two best catching prospects in the MLB, in Francisco Alvarez, and their first-round pick, or one of their two first-round picks this year, Kevin Parada, the catcher out of Georgia Tech, who raked almost 30 home runs this past year for the Rambling Wreck, who has glowing reviews, who people said should have been a top-three pick, yet way somehow, fell to the Mets at, what, 10? And then they followed up with the 14th pick, Jet Williams, the high school shortstop. So all of a sudden, December 15th rolls around, and the Mets have two top-tier catchers in Alvarez and Parada, and two top-tier shortstops in Ronnie Mauricio, who's been as high as, I believe, 53rd on the MLB prospect's top 100 list, and then Jet Williams, who, oh, by the way, is 18 years old and was just the 14th pick in the MLB draft. If the Mets can wait till December, that's the best-case scenario. The best-case scenario for the Mets is Soto doesn't get dealt anywhere, and December 15th rolls around, and then the Mets can make a deal and they've got more flexibility. And, oh, by the way, by then, they've got the upper hand. That's right. Right now, the Nationals have the upper hand. The Nationals are looking for desperate. The Washington Nationals right now, between, as we speak, July 21st and August 2nd, are looking for the most desperate suitor for Juan Soto, who will panic and pay up. Steve Cohen's not going to panic. Steve Cohen's not going to get fleeced here. When the winter rolls around, that's when... Teams trying to make a deal with the Nationals will have more power and more control. That's when the Mets will be able to say, you know what, maybe we don't want to send you four prospects because we're not competing with the Padres who are making a desperation push for the NL wildcard or for the division as they slip to 10, 11 games back, right? By then, the Mets can say, maybe we only want to give you three prospects. And no, we don't want to give you Alvarez, we want to give you Parada. Or no, we don't want to give you Mauricio, we want to give you Williams or vice versa right? The Mets, if they wait till December, and it takes a lot of patience, and I know that the fan base doesn't want to hear this, but by waiting until December 15th and possibly even the winter meetings, that is when the Mets regain control. And whenever you're negotiating, especially with a rival, especially with a team in your division, you want to be in control. Now, does the division thing matter? I'd argue that sometimes that gets oversold, But in this case, I would argue it does matter because Juan Soto, you know, maybe the St. Louis Cardinals would make a deal for him for just the two and a half years he has left and maybe they wouldn't pay him come 2025. If Juan Soto comes to the Mets, that's a deal that's happening with a mutual understanding between Scott Boris, Juan Soto, and Steve Cohen that there's going to be at least a 12-year extension, right? Steve Cohen is not giving up the top, I don't know, four out of his top six prospects without Soto coming to the Mets for at least a decade. He did it with Lindor, got the deal done immediately. The same exact thing in New York would happen with Soto. And I feel strongly, I feel the same way about should he land with the Dodgers, who we haven't even spoken about. The Mets and Dodgers are not trading for two and a half years of Soto because they know that with their money and their capability, their window should be every year. Now the Padres and Cardinals have a much more finite window, a much smaller window. So I could see those guys trading for Soto. And then of course that brings up him possibly entering free agency. He won't be a free agent if he's a Met or a Dodger. If he's a Cardinal, if he's a Padre, he could be a free agent come 2025. And then the Mets and Dodgers would probably re enter the sweepstakes then. But you know, as a Met fan, I know I said it in my monologue. I know in the opening segment. I said that Juan Soto pretty much guarantees them a World Series this year. That lineup is sexy. That lineup is juicy. It's enticing as hell. I don't think long-term it's the best way to go. I think the Mets can still win a World Series this year and can still trade for Juan Soto should he be a national come the winter meetings and guarantee them future success and maybe retain Beatty to be the third baseman of the future. Retain either Alvarez or Parada. You know, I really think that that's possible. It takes patience. It takes a really strong stomach. I understand that. And I know that there might be Met fans listening to this right now saying, you're crazy, pull the trigger. I think waiting for December is the right move. Now, I'm going to retort myself here a quick little bit because at the same time, as high as I am on Francisco Alvarez and as excited as I am about Brett Beatty giving us the most continuity we've had at the hot corner since David Wright. I will say this, and I'm stealing this line from the man who's going to join the show in about three minutes, Casey Stern. Parades are a lot cooler than prospects. We don't know for certain how any of these young bucks are going to perform once they make it to Queens. Look at Jared Kalinich. Right, The Seattle Mariners, remember that trade? The Mets took on Robinson Cano's obscene contract, much like they would probably have to do with Patrick Corbin here. And they got Edwin Diaz. Cano didn't really hit. Edwin Diaz came to the Mets and in 2019 had the worst year of his career. And everyone was crying and screaming Kalenich was raking in the minors he was in the futures game he was a minor league all-star the Mets made the worst deal Brody Van Wagner messed up no Brody Van Wagner actually made a brilliant deal guys I know it hates to give him credit but Brody Van Wagner made two really good trades and that was giving up a bag of peanuts for JD Davis with Houston and that was the Seattle Mariners deal was Kanoa bust absolutely are we still paying him to be a bust or now to play for the Braves yes we are But Edwin Diaz is the best relief pitcher, the best closer in baseball right now. And Jared Kalenich got sent down before the Mariners came to New York because he was hitting a buck. He was below the Mendoza line. So that Mariners deal worked out well. Everyone panicked. There's no guarantee Alvarez, Beatty, Mauricio, any of them are going to be Hall of Famers. There is a guarantee Juan Soto is going to be a Hall of Famer. So at the end of the day, I don't think Steve Cohen is going to allow himself to get fleeced. In an ideal world, I'd like to see that trade get done in December at the winter meetings. But whatever happens, if Soto ends up as a Met, it's going to work out. Casey Stern joins the show after the break. Stick with me, Joe Serralo. You're dialed into Serralo Sports Talk right here, right now on SportsMap Radio. We're back here on Serralo Sports Talk and now joining the show. He's my fellow colleague over at the Believe Network. He's the host of Unfiltered with Casey Stern. You guessed it, Casey Stern. Casey, thanks so much for joining the show.
0: Uh, happy to be here, Joe. How are you, man?
1: I'm doing great, man, and it's great to have you on. You know, a couple Long Islanders, a couple diehard Met fans. Casey, it's the Juan Soto show, man. It's, you know, what I've spent nearly this entire hour on here today. I, I got to ask you, what's your thoughts on the latest uh, surrounding the 23-year-old phenom?
0: Well, a few things. First of all, I, I think people need a reality check on, on a couple of things. Number one, um, the idea that he has to be traded by the deadline. You know, look... There's conversation and Scott and Juan with Scott isn't Scott Boris. They would like him to be dealt as soon as possible so he can be an a pennant contender, right? But it's not that simple. So putting out there to Buster, or whomever else, that, hey, you know, they're hoping to do it. That's one thing. The Nationals have all the leverage right now, right? So yeah. they could play this into the offseason and then you allow teams like the Cubs the Texas Rangers, any teams that really could have the finances, but maybe don't care about the postseason this year. So their urgency isn't now today still to have two years with Juan Soto. And people think about, well, who could sign him long term? But you have to understand, and I think people listening have to understand when you can take two season long shots at a dude, you still have a long period of time with him that even if you don't re-sign him beyond that, you're going to pay arbitration and whatnot, but you still have one of the best two or three players in the game. That's number one. So the urgency is is not, it's on the Met fan side. It's on the, the side of the Mariner fan, the Dodgers, the top three teams I would probably put if you asked me to guess in some order that have the best shot at him. But I don't think that it's on the urgency of the Nationals right now because you're trying to sell a franchise. And remember, you know, losing Juan Soto, it's like trying to sell a house and saying, yeah, it's a great home. It's amazing. We have no bedrooms and no bathrooms, but you can walk right into the kitchen. I mean, honestly, like, what are you selling? The second thing is in division, Doesn't matter. People think that you can't trade in division. I've talked to executives about this even in the last few days, but just to assure that I wasn't crazy, and I'm not, nobody cares about in division because they're not in a race. The Nationals wouldn't trade the Mets, Juan Soto, if they were three games behind them. Because they don't want to watch Juan Soto beat them to get to October. The Nationals are going to be so irrelevant as a franchise when they trade Juan Soto. They're not going to care what division they're in or planet they're on for years. And they're still trying to sell the franchise. So I think people need to realize the division thing doesn't matter. So the Mets are really in it. But I don't believe personally that he gets traded between now and the deadline unless one of these teams gets desperate with an offer. The Mets don't fit that category because they're already in first place. So I hate to break it to Mets fans. I would guess the Seattle would get more desperate because of the situation they're in and striking while the iron's hot to get in the postseason than a Met team that's already got a chance to win a World Series if DeGrom is healthy with Scherzer.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, look, you, you hit a lot of nails on the head right there. And, and that's one thing that I've been saying. I said it in my monologue just a few minutes ago. You know, as far as the best thing for the Mets' future – it would probably be to wait until the winter if Soto was still a national and try to get a deal done then because the Mets just had a great draft. I think MLB.com rated it the number one draft in all of baseball, but you can't trade any of those guys until December 15th. So right now you'd be, you know, forced to give up Alvarez, Beatty, you know, the nationals have said that they want a team's top four prospects plus two young, controllable, already major league players. What are your thoughts about that Hall? I know that you've said parades are better than prospects. So what do you think about potentially giving up Alvarez and and Beatty?
0: Well, look, if you can win a World Series, you have to win a World Series. It's like, you know, I've been saying about the Knicks situation, just to use another New York team. You know, Donovan Mitchell is not worth six first round picks, but he is to the Knicks because they haven't seen the playoffs other than a few games where Trey Young made them look stupid in the last number of years. Right. They need playoff games. And if you get Donovan Mitchell, just in that sense, you get playoff teams for four years in a row and that revitalizes your franchise for the Mets they need to take their opportunities to win a World Series. You've got a DeGrom who's going to be gone after the year. You've got a Max Scherzer who's aging. You've got a situation where you have, you know, even though they have young players, this isn't like the youngest team. Starling Marte has been around a while. They brought him as a free agent. You know, Lindor, we're talking about a guy who's now getting into his 30s. This isn't like a team of 22-year-olds. So to me, you have to strike. Does that mean you trade your prospects? Yeah, it means you trade your prospects. Look, I, I don't know what Alvarez is going to become, and I don't know what Beatty is going to become, but I could tell you being a Met fan for the last 40 years that I've seen more Met prospects be worth horse and what comes with it and Jack and what comes with that than anything good. I, you, you can't count on that. You have a chance to get one of the best two or three players. In the, it, to me, it's, it's Trout, it's Otani, it's Soto. I mean, that's where you're at. And if it's the guy's in that echelon, no one in the Mets is in that echelon. Pete Alonso's not that good. Jeff McNeil's not that good. Max Scherzer right now isn't that elite. You have to go ahead and take a chance to get a player that great.
1: Happy. Yeah, you know it, it's hard to argue with you. Look, I'm of the camp that, like I said, I'd rather wait until December because then at least maybe you could substitute trading Parada instead of Alvarez because I'm really high on Alvarez. But everyone thought Jared Kalenich was the next Willie Mays, the That's next right. Hall of Fame outfielder, and. Right now, the Mets have the best relief pitcher in all of baseball because of that trade.
0: That's right. And they have Ruiz, too, who's a catcher they really like. So the catching position in itself with the Nationals isn't going to be as exciting as probably young pitching that they want to go replenish because of the fact of what they've seen happen to Scherzer, the contracts of Corbin and Strasburg as well.
1: Now, I do want to touch on a couple other things that you mentioned. Uh, One, I believe, was in your first answer when you brought up that. Being in division means nothing Nothing. in this case. Now, I know that the Nationals are probably not going to be able to contend for another four, five, six years. But in Soto's case, the fact that if he does come to the Mets, if Steve Cohen puts together a huge package, there's going to be a 15-year extension in there. You don't think that the thought of Soto beating up on them for 10 to 15 years to come, not being a rental, you don't think that that would deter Washington?
0: No, because the owners who are making the trade aren't going to own the team then. They don't
1: care. Yeah.
0: What do I care what's being sold in my store? After I'm going to sell it. The learners are trying to sell the franchise. Now, they may not sell it with the Soto thing. It may take them a few months to sell it. But it's not going to take them six years. Baseball franchises, regardless of how bad you think, whatever franchise is, it's like somebody will go buy the Pirates, right? Somebody will go buy the Rays, even in that that poopy stadium they play in. So I, I think if you're looking at it from this standpoint, there are other reasons because it's a long time till they're irrelevant, but I think the one that shuts every conversation down that makes sense, I think, to everybody and should, the the owners right now are not going to own the team. They don't care about what's going on. If it was going to bother them in the next few months, that's why I said if they were in a race, for sure, but they'll trade them to the Braves or the Mets because what the hell do they care? They're trying to get out of the league anyway, and they don't want to own the team anymore. They've made it clear they're trying to sell. I think to me that that takes out completely the whole discussion about indivision.
1: Hey, if you're just joining us here on Soralo Sports Talk, Casey Stern, the host of Unfiltered with Casey Stern on the Believe Network, joining the show. Hey, Casey, I want to look at some other potential trades for the Mets because we've got less than two weeks until the deadline. Soto, you know, may be dealt, may not be dealt by the August 2nd deadline, but the Mets are definitely going to be active elsewhere. The DH position, some bullpen help. Who do you see as some top fits for the team? Well, look, I'm
0: I'm a... I think for the DH spot, clearly they have to get better. I I mean, the DH and the bullpen are the two spots you have to go because from a catching standpoint, people would like to see them hit better. But the way Nito's played defensively, as long as him and McCann can stay healthy enough, they're fine. And the things that they're doing behind the plate, think about this. Catchers in baseball, we, we really don't think about this enough. Kurt Suzuki was catching for the Nationals, right? You had Roberto Perez with the Indians. You think about Sal Perez before he could hit with the Royals. Not everybody's buster posey. Most of the guys I'm describing are catchers, guys who can handle pitching, guys who know what sequences slate in innings. That's what you need in a postseason. You don't need them to hit. They can hit ninth, especially now with the DH yeah. third base. I know people complain about Escobar, but to me, they're fine there if they have to be. And he's the guy that you kind of already kind of sees is, is waking up a bit. And I think you could trust more as you go deep into the season. So DH and bullpen are the two spots for me. From the DH angle, look, if you can get a Nationals deal with Soto and bring Josh Bell in the deal, it certainly makes a ton of sense, right? Now, how big do you have to make the deal then? I think then you're talking about taking on the Corbin money, which people have talked about. I mean, who knows what? They could try to throw the Strasburg money at you for all we know. But I think you could try and get Bell. I'm a huge Nelson Cruz guy if he's healthy because I think... Nelly Cruz is a guy, first of all, he makes everybody better around them. And if you're thinking about younger players, and if you're thinking about keeping an Alvarez and bringing him up later in September, you're thinking about wanting to have that winning chemistry in a room. He's one of the best teammates in the world. And he's a guy who could still scare opponents in terms of hitting homers. He is right-handed, though. That's the one thing that, for me, kind of takes away from it. They Look, could you get Conforto back to DH? I, I know. I know it sounds like the craziest thing in the world, and no one else has brought this up. And there's probably a lot of tension there. But is anybody else running after Michael Conforto? Is he healthy enough to play, which Scott Boras says he is? Would he come DH and be a left-handed bat in the lineup for cheap to try and sell himself back into the world as a free agent? Just one of those crazy things to think about that's not as crazy if you kind of play it out in your head to think about the idea of Conforto even being a possibility. They need a left-handed bat to me that can rake in that DH spot.
1: You know, it's interesting because with how mightily that the team has struggled against lefty pitching this year, I'm actually, I'm glad you mentioned him. Josh Bell is the guy on the top of my list. You know, yeah. I think that Josh Bell right now should be even more urgent than Juan Soto, just because I, you know, like I've said several times already, I think Soto is a guy you look at more so in the winter time. But I think Josh Bell is the perfect DH. I've heard Vogelbach. I've heard Mancini, and I love Mancini. Vogelbach would story. be fun
0: just to see if he could fit in a Met uniform yeah. somehow and how stretched out the New York would be. That's I mean, the maybe end. the
1: Jets are going to throw him yeah. on their D-line. <laughs> yeah, if, if, they if, might yeah, might need him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I think Josh Bell is definitely the guy who yeah. right now should be your priority. Yes. What about in the bullpen? We've heard Joe Mantiply in Arizona, David Robertson in Chicago. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I like Robertson.
0: I, I think I think he's going to cost less. You know, Mantiply, but when you're talking about – you know, somebody who's, you don't want to say was supposed to be a retread, but that's where Robertson was. He was out of the league. Yeah. We're talking about an older player. He's not going to cost you much of anything. What do you think you're getting for him? Because the, the, everything's about leverage. Like, other teams in a in a D-Rob deal, like, they know, like, what are you going to do with him? Like, you're not going anywhere, and he's gone at the end of the year. He's going to be 800 years old, right? So you're, you're going to give up somebody you never heard of, probably. It's that kind of a deal. Hmm. You're not giving up a top-10 prospect to get him. So I think... That's the guy to get because I know that people make this like it's not a big deal, but pitching in New York in the postseason, especially with the pressure that the Mets are going to have going in there, you want somebody who's been look, Edwin Diaz hasn't been in that fire before, right? He hasn't. And we saw what happened to Familia against the Royals, right? He hasn't been in that, but he played in Seattle and they were the Mariners, not this year's version, but before that, right. You have a lot of young pitchers in that pen to me, David Robertson, just being there is a guy who would help all of those younger pitchers for those reasons. He'd be my number one guy, because I do think even if he pitched good, but not great, the the settled down nature that he would bring to that pen in a postseason for the first time for a lot of those kids, I think would be valuable.
1: I'm with you a thousand percent, man. You get Robertson and out two guys that, you know, they're both 38 years old by the time October rolls around, but they've both done it and they've done it in New York. They're familiar with the team that, you know, come November, the Mets might have to face. So I think Robertson is the clear cut guy. Hey, Casey, before we wrap it up, what's more likely Donovan Mitchell to New York or Juan Soto to New York?
0: I think it's, it's, if you asked me to like make it percentage, I would go 80% more likely Mitchell to 20 Soto. I think Mitchell's going to happen. I think he will okay. be a Nick. I think they'll figure it out. I think the waiting game right now is seeing what happens with Durant and Kyrie, because the Jazz aren't the only game in town with Donovan Mitchell, and he's you know third on a lot of people's priority list. They're not; the other guys aren't off the board. But I think the Knicks are really the only game in town because they know that's where Mitchell wants to go, and the Knicks are the most desperate to bring him there. The Soto thing again. I go back to I I, I hope he comes to Met. I think it'd be great. But I think if you're going to see him traded between now and the deadline, it's the most desperate team. The Mariners are far more desperate to get in a postseason this year. The Yankees, after watching the Red Sox a couple of titles since they last won it, far more desperate than the Mets, who already need to desperately put DeGrom in bubble wrap more than anything else.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Before we wrap it up, I got to ask you, you said earlier DeGrom's gone by the end of the year. Do you just mean opting out? Yeah,
0: at the end of the year. Yeah, after the season. Yeah, oh, okay.
1: Season. But, but you yeah. just mean he's going to opt out. Do you oh, yeah. actually he'll think he's going to sign elsewhere? No, though, I,
0: think, I think he'll opt out and, and leave. Yeah.
1: Oh, really? I do. Wow. All right. Well, I'll have to have you back on to talk about that yeah, in the near future because I, I think he's going to get a new deal from Steve Cohen. But Casey, we'll thank see. you so much. We I hope. You get healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining the show. Appreciate it, Joe. We'll be back with my final word right here on Serralo Sports Talk. All right. It's time for my final word right here on this episode of Serralo Sports Talk with me. Joe Serralo as we wrap up the hour right here on SportsMap Radio that has been the Juan Soto show. What a great spot right there with my man Casey Stern. I mean, I hate that it had to end after only, what, 13, 14 minutes. I could have done the whole hour with him talking about this. Obviously, both super passionate about this as Mets fans. And, yes, I need a follow-up from Casey on what he said about DeGrom leaving after the season. Do I believe Jacob DeGrom is going to opt out? Absolutely. Do I believe he's going to stay with the Mets for a bigger contract? Well, we'll see. But if he comes back in, you know, the next week, I'm eyeing that Subway series Tuesday, Wednesday at Citi Field, and he is a monster second half. I mean, anything close to what he did in the first half of last year when he was putting up Gibson numbers from 1968 for the first three months. If DeGrom does that and then pitches deep into the playoffs at a high level for this team and maybe— even wins them their first fall classic since 1986, I don't think he's going anywhere else. So I can't wait to have Casey back on the show and follow up on that, discuss that more. I mean, so much has been happening. Today, this week, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he said 80% chance if he had to split it up, Mitchell or Soto, who comes to New York, he's leaning 80-20 in favor of Mitchell. And, you know, you've heard me, I believe, what, two straight shows, two of the last three shows, I've been all over Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. It's going to happen. I know it hasn't happened in as timely a manner or as timely a fashion as Knicks fans hope. But like Casey said, KD and Kyrie, that still needs to get situated. Mitchell to the Knicks is going to happen. And how about Kyler Murray? The Cardinals finally committing to their quarterback, locking him up. I mean, hey, Baltimore, Baltimore, come on, guys. Let's talk to Lamar. Kyler Murray just got his deal. He's not an MVP like Lamar Jackson. He doesn't want a playoff game yet. But I love Kyler Murray. I love this deal for him. Look, I've been saying it a long time. The Cardinals need to lock up Kyler Murray. The change I believe they need is with their head coach. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is that guy to win in Arizona. So much to say, so little time, so much fun. And just like that, this episode of Seralo Sports Talk is up. It's over. It's out of here. Thanks so much for joining me this week, every week. I'll see you guys next Thursday right here on Sports Map Radio.